guys, it's time for announcements. I thought you could use a break from Doug, so here I am to give you a break. <laughs> First off, we have our worship circle night. That is this Sunday, the 19th. We're going to start at 6.30. Bring your instruments if you have one. Bring your voice if you don't. We're just going to get together, have some fun, do some off-the-cuff music in a circle worship songs. We'll have a good time. So show up 6.30. After that, we've got a pet blessing coming up. We haven't done one in a while, but we're looking forward to that. That is going to be on October 2nd. Starts at 10 o'clock. So bring your pets. Hopefully they're friendly. If not, you know, keep them in their kennel. I don't know. But we'll bless them. We'll have a good time visiting while we do that. Last but not least, we have a one more youth night coming up. We're going to be doing that on October 6th. That's going to be from about 6.30 to 8 o'clock. That's for junior hires and senior hires. So we're going to have a good time. Doug told me he's thinking about pulling out the human foosball. So we'll all be there. Looking forward to spending time with the youth. In closing, I want to remind you, don't forget to download the app. It's super helpful. That's where I've been pulling all the notes from. Everything you need to know about church and the goings-on is there. So with that said, let's get ready for church. All right. Good morning, Vineyard Virtual Family. So glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to go here. New series starting today. Are you talking to me? And then uh, worship has been awesome so far. And so I'm glad you're with us to be a part of that. So uh, hopefully you're ready and uh, we're ready. So here we go. Good morning. Thank you, dear, for giving everyone a break from me with the announcements. I talk to you all now. It's great to see you guys. How you doing? Good. 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 I was just trying to derail you. That's what you do to me. Yeah, I, I'm pretty. I can also easily be derailed. So depends on the day, right? Anyway, let me tell you, what we will be up to this morning. We start our services with communion, and Chaplain Doug will be leading us in that. Uh, afterwards, we will enter into our time of worship. It's going to be a lot of fun. Then Pastor Georgina will come up to teach the kids a Bible verse. And then my dad is starting a new series today, Are You Talking to Me? Part 1. And the, the last couple services, I've tried to do that with a with a, like a New Jersey accent. Are you talking to me? But it's not that. So. Anyway, before we jump in, let's pray. And then we'll get started. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this opportunity to fellowship and worship you and study your word. You're so good to us, God. You're so worthy of our praise, and we're so excited to be here with you. Holy Spirit, would you come now, and would you fill this place, and would you fill our hearts with your presence, God? We want to draw closer to you. We want to encounter you, God, in this time, and we want to experience your goodness in our lives. Lord, we join with the churches who are all over the world proclaiming your gospel with this collect. Lord God, let your continual mercy cleanse and defend your church. And because it cannot continue in safety without you, preserve and protect it by your goodness and grace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And Chaplain Doug, would you please celebrate communion for us? On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. 
The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter into our time of worship now, and I'd encourage us all to sing out and to participate in the time. If you're joining us online, please do the same. Sing out in your living rooms. If we're here in the room now, I can hear you guys join us, and we're always so pumped when we hear you guys sing along with us. So we'll see the words pop up all over the place. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. Let's sing, Let There Be Wonder. One. Thank you. 
Ha! 
Help us to learn how to listen to your voice, God. These are the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us, to stir up our hearts towards you. The Holy Spirit, I'd ask, should be with those working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them. You're so good, God. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Good morning, boys and girls. Hi, Hannah. Hi. I'm so excited today. Hi, boys. Wes and Christian and Jackson. Cool. So I'm so excited because we are going to continue to learn about God's creation. And we've been learning, right? Hi, boys and girls. Good job. Take a seat. Okay, good. Yes, so we've been learning about... The um, Genesis, right? And how God created everything, right, Clint, for his glory, right? Including you, Clint. Yeah, he created us for his glory, right? And do you know what his glory is? We talked about it a little bit. It's his greatness. And you know what? This cool with this king wrote a psalm which is a song that we find in the book of psalms he wrote this beautiful psalm celebrating what god has created and it's our bible verse for today it's from psalm 19 1 and it says the heavens declare the glory of god right and the skies proclaim the work of his hands see all of creation everything that you see speaks about God. Have you ever looked up at the sky and the beautiful moon and the stars? Guess what? That tells us about God, how amazing he is and how great he is that he created all this, right? From the rising of the sun to the setting that shows us his faithfulness and his great love for us. So all of creation is visible to everyone and everyone can know that there is a God. But guess what, guys? Jesus is God. And Jesus, right, shows us what God is like. Did you know that? Yeah. Awesome. All right. Are you guys ready to say the Bible verse with me? Ready? Okay, so you're going to re- all repeat after me, okay? Ready, Susanna? Okay. Psalm 19.1. Psalm 19.1. Awesome. That was really good. Okay. The heavens declare. The heavens declare. The glory of God. The skies skies proclaim the work of his hands. hands. Excellent job, guys. You're so awesome. Let me get a sticker. And we get stickers because God rewards those who seek him, right? Yes, God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So the kids all get stickers. And we just love to see their smiles with the stickers. Like a sticker. Cool. That's cool. It's a llama, I know. Oh, it's not, it's not time yet, Abby. We're going to pray, okay? And then we get to go. You guys ready? Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Okay, ready to pray, guys? 
Okay, good. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord God, for all that you have created, Lord. It is so beautiful, Father. And we thank you, Lord God, that none of us, Father, can ever say we don't, we don't know God, right? Because we do through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. In Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Excellent. All right, go have fun, guys. Have fun. Kids here have fun. That's a that's been a priority. There's some fun stuff in those classrooms. Welcome to the vineyard. Good morning. Welcome to those of you joining us online. So glad to have you with us today. Uh, if you're a first-time guest or visitor, we're, we're so happy you're here. Uh, this next 30 seconds is for you. That's a QR code that's on the screen. And uh, if you would point your smart device at that with the camera on, it will just put a little thing on your phone that you can click, and you'll be in our digital connect card. And if you would uh, be willing to give us your name and your phone number and your email address over the next four, five, six weeks, something in there, you'll get a couple of texts and a couple of emails from us. And we also have a gift for all you first-time uh, visitors and guests back in guest service. If you didn't get one on the way in, please get one on your way out. And so uh, so that's very cool, and we're so glad you're here. Um, oh, I wanted to share this with you. We, uh, we had a baptism yesterday. We baptized 24 people yesterday. Yeah, very cool. It was great. Yeah. And, uh, and so we're very, very grateful for that. And I want to take a moment, if we can, and we've been doing this. I just want to pray for our neighborhoods and our communities. Uh, and so if you, just as I launch into that, it won't take long, uh, just think about your neighbors and, and the homes right around you as we, as we go to Papa. Papa, um, we are thankful for who you are and we lift up our neighborhood and our community to you and we ask god that you would move in a mighty way we want to see many 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 people come to know you as lord and savior and god we ask that you'd use us and give us ways to just love uh, our neighbors in practical ways that help them to see that you love them and that you're for them and so we ask god that you would move on them now we lift them up to you and we thank you for who you are in jesus name Amen and amen. We're going to start a brand new series today. I'm calling Are You Talking to Me? And uh, and I want to thank Pastor Billy. He jumped in last week, so I had an extra week to prepare and sort of get ready for this. He did a great job, so thank you. They're watching online. They've been texting us. So, uh, to, and I don't know if you can hear Alice, but she's shouting out, ah. So anyway, love you guys. Um, we are in this series going to be digging into the gospel of john together i'm going to call it are you are you talking to me i needed to have some sort of title and and uh and i i we were just playing around and it needs to the the other one is can you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth i thought (laughs) but that seemed a little long so uh are you talking to me is what we're going to be. And, and like I said, mostly it'll be studying the Gospel of John. And here's how we built up to this is that in that last series that, that I just did with you, the long one, Are You Ready? What we did was it was a series about hope, remember, and that we're, be, we're to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. So we looked at our hope in Revelation 21, all the amazing things, new creation, all that stuff. And then we, we just dove into the whole Bible, really, and looked at reasons. For this hope that we have. Well, the idea behind this series is, as people of hope now, how are we to live? 
how should, as people of hope, how should that be impacting our day-to-day life? And really, I believe that John gives us a lot of answers to that. And so um, we're going to dig into that together. And it's it's just such an awesome gospel. I've had so much fun reading it in preparation. A lot of things are popping out of it. It's amazing how Holy Spirit um, just leads and guides and directs. And I hope that, that you will experience that as we plug on together. It's bad jokes. Uh, what do you call a nervous javelin thrower? Shakespeare. <laughs> Pastor Billy actually texted me that one, so I'm going to give him credit. Uh, listen, so for a few years, my age and up, you might like this. If you're not, then you probably won't understand it. Uh, I heard that Abba and Elvis Costello are thinking of touring together. It's the Abba and Costello concert. I wonder who's on first. <laughs> Did you show in your age, man? <laughs> what? Which is also really funny. If you don't get it, never mind. Ask, ask an old person. Ask a boomer. Why is that even remotely funny? So now I don't know what to do, Henry, because I had, I had already substituted that joke you told me to stay with. I'll go with Henry's joke. So I don't think it's very good. We were asking it, but he said, don't give up on it. I recently read this thing, and it said, this was was a fact, that people eat more bananas than monkeys. And the punchline was, you know, think about it. When was the last time you ate a monkey? Here's the bigger problem I had with that, is that I have a time that I can remember where that happened with me out on the mission field. And it, it sort of brings up some very bad memories. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but that's a whole other story that I can't get into. And I'm not going to. Alice, my love, please bail me out of this mess. I was going to go in a different direction. <laughs> but i got to listen to you, man. I'm not even sure that's legal, is it? To what? eat a monkey? Ew, I don't want to know any details. You never told me those details on those missions. Costa Rica. Yeah, it was in... It gets worse. The story gets worse. Good. We're just going to take your word for it. What actually part of the monkey was in this stew? Okay, enough. Oh, Oh, yeah. You know, all right. Let's press into Papa. Let's just go right to God with that. Thank you, Father. Mm. Lord, you are our Father and our friend. And we thank you for meeting us today in worship. And Lord, we, we come before you with empty hands and open hearts. Father, you don't want anything we could make. You don't want anything we could do. You just want us. You want relationship with us. Father, that will always set me in awe of you. We love you, and I pray today, Father, you would bless each person and each family represented here. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand with me, please, if you're able, for the reading of the word? This is John chapter 6, verses 60 through 69, and I'm jumping in right after Jesus tells the disciples that he's the bread of life. And he says, you have to eat my body and drink my blood. This is where I'm going to jump in. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? 
Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too now, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Blessed be the word of the Lord. Y'all can be seated. Jesus says there, Peter says to Jesus, Lord, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. Life. And, and from that is where I get that sort of idea of, are you talking to me? Because here in the Gospel of John, absolutely Jesus is talking to us and, uh, and what it means and wants to help us how live this life in a way that, you know, we experience full and abundant life in a way that brings glory to Him. And, and, uh, there's some amazing things happening in the Gospel of John. And, and so I want to start with this, that God, John's Gospel, it's all about creation and new creation. And we, we tapped into a lot of these ideas in the last series, so we're going to build on them in this series. And so you'll hear me say some things that we talked about, but we're going to, we're going to see now, how do we practically apply these things to our lives? So the Gospel of John. Uh, John is, is very deliberately telling the story of the Creator God making a good world uh, and, then, and then really grieving its collapse into wickedness and injustice and then how he determines to put it right and, and the way that he's in process. And we talked about a lot of that in the last series. Uh, and we actually looked at this first because it's so important. When John starts his gospel, he ties in immediately Genesis. Genesis 1-1, John 1-1, very similar. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we looked at, uh, you know... Um Everything, everybody active there in creation, what was going on with Trinity, and, and we, we talked to all those things and how important it was and the pictures that draws up of God's heart is to dwell with us and heaven and earth, you know, a place where they meet and all that that means and that's what was supposed to happen and John brings that right up in his gospel. And in the first 18 verses or so, which is really the prologue, he makes connections and references to not only Genesis but to Exodus and the Psalms and Isaiah and how important it is and we looked at a lot of those things. And then verse 14, another, you know, really amazing, incredible Exodus kind of verse. The word became flesh, incarnate God. He became flesh and he made his dwelling among us. And that word is for dwelling is, is tabernacle, which is this huge picture because that's the heart of God to be, you know, meet with us, to be with us, to dwell with us. And Jesus was a picture of tabernacle uh, where fully God, fully man, a place where heaven and earth met. And we looked at that uh, and we've seen his glory. It goes on to say the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And so John just sets the gospel up with the ideas of creation and all the amazing things that happen in and, and, and tying us into the whole story. And so we're very much aware 
of what God has done and that Jesus has come and we're now, you know, the temple, Holy Spirit dwells in us. We have all those things. And yet, we're living in this tension because the world around us is so broken. And, and what does that mean to us? And, and how do we embrace this tension and actually live in it? And what does that look like? And, and, and all of us have this feeling that, that things are, they're not how they're supposed to be. That, that things just don't work the way that they're supposed to. I, uh, Alice and I had our grandsons spend the night about a week and a half ago. Uh, the two of the boys. And uh, it was it was great. They're great kids, and we love having them. Uh, and so they were sleeping. And we'd set them up in the living room. We have a small house, and I get up very early in the morning. That people tease that I I, I'm a, I go to bed pretty early too. But I wake up very early, three thirty, four o'clock every day. And so I got up. It was four o'clock in the morning. And I walked out of our bedroom, and I had, they were sleeping in the living room. I had to walk by, and they heard me a little bit on the way to my little morning office. And they kind of stirred, and I said, "Look, guys, it's way too early for you. You need to go back to sleep." Okay. So they laid down. I went in my little office, and, and all of a sudden, I heard a little crying. Uh, and, uh, you know, a little boy crying touches your heart, right? And so I popped up because, I, oh, my goodness, what's going on? And I, I walked out, and uh, it was the youngest one. And I said, I said, what's the matter? And he's crying. And, and he, says, he said, um, my, my right nose doesn't work. <laughs> what? My right nose doesn't work. Now, just so you can tell how my mind works, I, I, the first thing I said was, you have a wrong nose? Nonetheless, and you know, he just was—he was explaining to me what was going on. His nose wasn't had one side was blocked, so I said, "Come on, come on." We took him in, took him in the bathroom. We had him blow his nose, had him blow his nose, and it cleared, and he was fine, and his nose was working again. Uh, But it's that feeling of he can't sleep because it's not right. You know, something's not quite right. But fortunately, that was a pretty easy fix. Well, we live in a world where where we get this feeling all the time that there's—it's just not quite right. And we struggle because because of, of how God has wired us and, and who we are. We want justice. We want freedom. We want truth. Those things are hardwired into us. And, and that's how it should be. We get that. But the reality that we sense is that it's not that way, that, that justice is often denied and that freedom is often trampled on. And, and truth is kind of whatever anybody wants it to be nowadays. I am um, I was walking through Winn-Dixie and had this thought. I was in the paper towel aisle. I don't know if you've been to the paper towel aisle lately. But uh, I was thinking, and I told my wife, I said, we have a real problem coming up in the future, and it has to do with paper towel math. And she looked at me. I said, well, apparently, 6 equals 12, 9 equals 18, and 8 equals 24. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to the paper towel aisle and look at the things. And that's what they say. They say right on them, 6 equals 12. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. (laughs) I don't care what you say. 6 equals 6. I know how that works. But now you can say whatever you want. They can just put on there. 8 equals 24. Well, it doesn't. But but see, the, the truth is what everybody wants it to be nowadays. And we know that that's not how it's supposed to work. And so we, we find ourselves, you know, asking questions like, who's in charge? And, and what is the truth of the matter? And who's, who's really in charge? And, and what about me? That's always a big question. And, and we have all this mess going on because of the tension that we live in. 
I spent uh, in this uh, last couple of weeks that I had in between messages. So I've been reading John a lot, and I, I find places where I, this happens with me. I'll get into a passage or a chapter, and I'll get stuck there. And I'll just keep thinking about it and rolling back through it, and, and we'll get to some of that in this series. But I was looking at this encounter in John 18 and 19 between Jesus and Pilate. And I want you to, to go back and, and really read it this week, because I had to shorten it uh, and, and not get into it. But we'll get back to it again, hopefully, when I get to then. Although, this series has a... You know, I'd like to do pretty long series, but we're going to run up into Advent with this one. So this one's going to be 11 weeks. And if I'm not done, I'm just going to call it something different, start off on the other side. But nonetheless. (laughs) Do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? A new series. (laughs) Look, I've already got a name for it. This is getting better all the time. (laughs) So this is the encounter. John 18, 36. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But for now, my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. And Jesus answered, you know, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. And with this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. It's your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at a time on the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? And they shouted back, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now Barabbas had taken part in an uprising. Go and read the rest of the encounter. There's so many things that are happening. I, I don't have time in, in this sort of introduction to get to them all, but, but hopefully we'll get to them. And, and, you know, you already see the idea of Jesus being substituted for a criminal, because Barabbas is really the, the 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 religious people of the day. All of a sudden, decide that they have no king except for Caesar. It's like completely denying God, and and, and you know, and then you see Jesus ultimately being crucified like a common criminal. All of this is the result of this encounter, and and so we we go into it and and we read it. And if you read it, what you see is it's there. You know, just there's no justice. Justice is perverted. Freedom is trampled on. The truth is. Is denied, and it looks like evil triumphs if you stopped at the cross. It looks like the enemy won. And, and we, we get stuck there because that almost sort of is a picture of how our reality is. It seems like injustice is more prevalent than actual justice. And it feels like, you know, the bullies and the power brokers get what they want and can do what they want in the world around us. That's what it sort of feels like. Because it's a picture of the world we live in. But that's the world into which incarnate God comes. And see, it doesn't just end there at the cross. A couple days later, there's the resurrection and Jesus is alive. And that's the beginning of new creation. And what happens was that Jesus has come, and we've talked about this, to deal with the deeper issues, to get to the problem, the real problem, the source of wickedness. And he, uh, there at the cross and in the resurrection, defeats the power of sin and the power of death. And then he proves that he's done that by rising on the third day in that new resurrection body. And and see, that that's the deal, because 
You got creation and you got new creation. And, and you see Jesus is coming. When he defeats death and rises again, he's got that new creation body. How do we know? It's a little different than the one that he was crucified with. Why? It still bears some of the wounds, sure. But this body can walk through walls and this body shows up in the middle of locked doors. And, and, uh, this body kind of comes and goes and they, the guys recognize him but they don't recognize him. And there's this change. And yet, John makes it, it makes a big point of letting, there's still a fish fry that goes on and Jesus partakes. So he loves him a fish sandwich before and after. And, and so, there's these things that are happening, but something has changed. And Jesus is starting to model, in, in the last couple of chapters of the gospel, 20 and 21, new creation living. Go read it with that sort of mindset, and you'll see that everything is different. By the time you get to John 20 and 21, the gospel encompasses this idea of creation and new creation. And, and what he begins to talk about there, in the last couple of chapters, and really is about life in his name. What this new creation life begins to look like and experience. I love this passage. Watch this. Verse 19. On the evening of the first day of the week. I'm going to, I'm going to talk more about the first day of the week here in just a moment. When the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. That's one of those new creation body things. Boop. There he is. Peace be with you. And after he said this, he showed them his hands inside, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also, called, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. And though the doors were locked, you notice John making points here? Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, because you have seen me and you have believed, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written. That you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. See, that's what we have to get at in this series. What that looks like, life in his name. Well, some fascinating things are going on in this passage. And it begins with that phrase I said I'd get back to uh, there that started off for us in, in verse 19. When, when John makes the point of the first day of the week. It was the evening of the first day of the week. Now when you read that chapter, go back to the first verse, and what you find out is that John says, again, the first day of the week. Now in that reference, it's the, the morning of the first day of the week. But nothing is by accident in the scripture. John is doubling down on this idea of the first day of the week. So what's he doing? Well, he's, he's tying in again the idea of the Genesis account because he started the whole gospel with it. And in the Genesis account, you remember things were happening in the Genesis account. Certain things happened on certain days, right? In that, that first week of creation. And on the sixth day of creation, God makes mankind in his image, male and female. That's, this is what happens. Sixth day makes that happen. And on the Friday in John's story, on the first day of the week, that Friday, what happens is Pontius Pilate brings Jesus before the crowds and he says, here's the man. 
this is a Friday thing. And so this is happening on Friday. Humankind. Now in the story that John's telling, making science, here he is. Here's the man. Jesus is there. By the evening of that Friday, Jesus has declared what God declares at the end of the sixth day in Genesis. Basically, it is finished. Jesus says the same thing. What's the connection? Well, it's a picture of this, that, that in that first week, in the same way that the Father has finished creation, Jesus has finished redemption. It's, it's, he's made coming back to new creation. Jesus has done what happened. What happens on the seventh day in that first week? God rests. That's the Saturday. What does Jesus do? God incarnate rests in the tomb. Then the next day, the first day of the week, Mary goes to the tomb and it's empty. Has to be. Why? New creation, baby. We got a brand new week. Everything is different. Everything is happening. Redemption has taken place. The creation is being made new and we're in the process of that happening. And so it's this amazing picture that John is tying together. Don't miss the references. And now we live first day of the week. It's, it's, it's like amazing. Everything is different because of what Jesus has done. And so the, the Father completed re, uh, creation now. Jesus has completed redemption. And then the Holy Spirit, he, He's involved in this process with what? Mission. we got to go and let the world know that there's a way back to be reconciled to God because the heart of God is to dwell with us as His people. So what does Jesus do? Jesus walks into the room. First thing He says, and He says it a lot, Peace be with you. Well, why does He say that? Well, for one thing... They're trying to get used to him just walking into the middle of the room with locked doors. That would take you back a little bit. Whoa. And the other reason is, as hope-filled new creation people, you need to be at peace. We live in a world that doesn't know peace. It's, it's all messed up. And, and the enemy would love to keep us caught up in that all that anxiety and worry as well. But Jesus says, peace be with you. Now, a lot of times here, I've told you that passage in Philippians 4. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what happens? The peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's how he wants us to live, knowing that peace. I'm not saying things don't happen. Of course they do. But, but when you find yourself starting to get like the culture around us, worried and anxious and angry and bitter and critical and bleh, reel it in. Holy Spirit, that's not how you want me to live. That's not the life you have for me. I I'm going to trust you, and I want to know your peace. So Jesus starts by saying, peace. And then, what's the, the next thing he says? As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. As the Father has sent me. What's that? He's saying, listen, guys, remember everything that we've just done for the last three years? All those things that I was teaching you, all the things that you've seen and done? Now, go. It's a, it's a great commission there wrapped up in John. Go, I'm sending you. As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. Not alone, though, because the very next thing he says is, whew, he breathes on them. Receive the Holy Spirit. Oh, I love that. Because that's another tie back into the creation account. Remember, it's the breath of God that's happening, and, and it's a big deal and connection. He breathes on them and says, now go, and they're empowered by the Holy Spirit, and they're ready to go. And see, that's the picture of what life looks like on this journey. And it's so amazing. And so, so you've got all these things happening. And he says, remember what we've done. I'm sending you. Not alone. Here's the Holy Spirit. Then there's this amazing connection that you got to get with forgiveness. 
Because, see, you've got to get a hold of forgiveness for yourself. And it says, get it for you. Understand what's happening. You're forgiven, reconciled, redemption. Jesus has done what needed to be happened. You've made a mess of your life, but Jesus has taken care of it. And you need to live as new creation people with God now. You've been forgiven. Take that forgiveness, he says, and let everybody else know about it. Because everybody needs it. The, the anxiety and the worry and the mess that's going on there is because they don't know that they've been forgiven. And the enemy just is beating them to death with guilt and shame and that mess. And, and, and let them know that there's forgiveness. And then the next thing, in that, there's so many things happening in this passage, but the very next thing is about Thomas. And here's what you've got to see about Thomas. See, we live in a world filled with Thomases. That's the deal. That it's, it's, it's what's going on. And they have, they have all these questions and they don't want to be you know, taken advantage of. And, and, and Thomas said, I'm not going to believe unless and less and less. What is Jesus' reaction to Thomas? It's love. He says, Thomas, whatever you need, do what you got to do. Check it out. It's real. I'm yours. And he does. What does that mean to us? Here's the, the goal of this series, if you would, is what we have to figure out is how we can live like Jesus in a world full of Thomases. How can we be what Thomas needs, just like Jesus was? How can we be like Jesus was for Thomas? See, that's what we have to figure out, and that's what we're heading towards, and that's a big deal. So, grab a hold of that, and uh, get ready. I'll be in John 1 next week. It's great, great stuff in there. Uh, I know I did a little John 1, but I'll move towards the end of it next week. But, uh, anyway, Alice, why don't you come up? Let's pray, and we'll listen for the Lord, and... And uh, we'll go from there. Papa, you, you're amazing. The life that you have for us, there's nothing like it. And your word is so awesome. You've given us your spirit to lead and to guide and to teach, to illuminate. And help us to live lives. Not only full and abundant lives so that we can experience those lives, but that they really do impact the world around us. And I prayed this last service. I feel like I need to pray it again. I I, I really want you to know his peace, that this is a big deal. And that anxious, turbulent times, sometimes that's something that we begin to miss. And that I feel like that God would just want you to experience that peace this morning, the peace that passes understanding. And, and I, I would just ask you to breathe it in, just as a, as a way of saying yes, that I want your peace, and just take in his breath, his spirit, and know his peace. Thank you for your peace, God, that passes understanding. You're amazing. Amen. Take it. Just have a couple quick things. And the first one is the Lord gave me this picture of someone. And you, you've probably had this thought run through your head. This feels, I feel like I'm in the Dead Sea. And the Dead Sea has, um, it's contained. It's in its own little, it doesn't flow through anything. It stays right there and it's filled with salt. And the 
thing about the Dead Sea is that it's, it, you know, people go and soak in it and it preserves you. And it's just kind of like a spiritual connection. So even though this is a hard time, God is doing something in it. And what he wants you to know is soon you're going to be like a flowing river. And everything you've learned, everything you've gone through is going to flow out to you and to other people that need it. Then I had this other, this other, you're going to have to forgive me because this is how the Lord speaks to me sometime. But he just showed me this morning that when we go out into the world and we start to be like, try to minister, be Thomas, you know, be Jesus to the Thomas, to the doubters. Do you remember this skit from Mad TV and, and the guy was Stuart and he would say, look what I can do. He'd do that. It's exactly how it feels. When you go out and you try to be, you move in the spirit or you have the gifts or whatever, it feels awkward and you feel like, and then God says, yes, good job. I see you doing that weird thing and it's good. Keep going because your heart is right. So if that's you, just be, just be blessed today. And Pastor Georgina has one I'd like her to share. Good morning. Um, the other day, God gave me a dream of a couple, and um, it was they were holding hands, and it was very peaceful. And um, and then this word came to mind: advance. So if, if that's for you, it's going to mean something to you. That word, advance. You were holding hands, and it was peaceful, and it was beautiful. And, and the Lord said, advance. Okay. Okay. Cool. Move forward. Thank you, love. Thank you. Amen. This amazing journey starts by knowing Jesus. How do you do that? Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you've never done it, do it today. Absolutely the best decision you will ever make. He's done everything that needed to happen at the cross and resurrection. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Jesus is Lord. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? If you haven't done it, I hope you do it right now. You'll be, you'll be thankful, thankful, thankful. So make that happen. Church, thanks again for your amazing generosity, your faithfulness to giving, uh, offering, tithing, all those things that you do. We are so blessed to partner with you on this journey. There's some ways to do it there. And uh, there's offering boxes floating around the room as well. Let's sing the doxology. Well, they're not actually floating around the room. That would be weird. They exist in stationary places. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Have a great rest of the weekend. We'll see you soon. Go out these doors. They'll be open for you. God bless you guys. Thanks for watching online. We love you guys too. John 1 next week. Uh, There's some great stuff happening in the Gospel of John. So I hope it will minister to you. And you know who else is watching? My friend Mary Thomas. I miss you. I love you. Collect some pretty leaves for me because it's 90 degrees here. Yes. All right. Love you. All right. Love you guys. Bye.